Here on this Memorial Day weekend edition of Graceful Truth, we take one final look at our series, The ABCs of Discipleship. Here's Pastor Steve Converse to open up today's broadcast. So you can go out in your workplace and you can be your little secret Christian thing if that's what you want to do. And that's going to be, quote, safe. And you think, okay, well, I'm going to climb the ladder of success and be somebody one day. And then once I arrive, then I'll share my, <laughs> He says, he that finds his life will lose it. And what he's talking about is yielding to pressure and preserving one's own life without standing up for Christ ultimately results in the loss of your own soul because a disciple, a true disciple of Christ would never do that. But the good choice, verse 39 there, it says, he who loses his life for my sake shall what? Shall find it. Now Jesus wasn't saying here, okay, in order to get saved, you have to be a martyr. You know, he didn't kind of draw this out of Islam or whatever, that's not what we believe. Rather, if you're a genuine Christian, you will be willing to die for him. When faced with denying the Lord or denying yourself, you will deny yourself even to the point of death. He who confesses Christ and suffers death is far better than the apostate who escapes death temporarily but receives eternal damnation. So as we'll see today, a disciple of Christ will follow him anywhere and will be a blessing to others. Graceful Truth from Grace Bible Church in Redwood City is next. Join us. From Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, again, greetings in Christ and welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. It is our final look at our series, The ABCs of Discipleship. If you're joining us, we're in Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 42. It's there that we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Stephen Converse, for our final look at this marvelous series of what it means to follow after Christ, what every believer should know about following Jesus. And as we'll see today, a true believer of Christ will follow him anywhere, including death. We'll also see that a disciple will bring blessings to others as well. Here now with today's broadcast of Graceful Truth, our teacher and pastor once again, here's Pastor Stephen Converse. We should always be striving to seek Christ's will, God's will above ours. Verse 37 states plainly the high calling of discipleship and the choice that has to be made. You can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ and participant in salvation. He offers if your family means more to you than he does. I mean, that almost sounds cruel in a way when we say it. But Jesus was very clear. He said our love for him, when it's compared to our love for our family, our love for our family should almost seem like hate in comparison to our love for our Lord. He's not saying hate your family. He's saying in comparison. It should almost seem like you hate your family compared to the, how much you love me as your Lord and Savior. I don't know about you, but I love my family a lot. <laughs> but I got to love Christ even more. There's a cost involved there. Fourthly, a disciple follows Christ anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. Even Africa or even wherever. Look at verse 38. It shows us the cost, the call of the cross. He says, he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. I mean, we've, we've heard a lot of kind of devotional teaching on what it means to take up your cross, right? I mean, we've all heard things, you know, and, and we think of different things, you know. We hear people say, yeah, it's my cross to bear, you know, talking about their wayward kid or teenager or whatever or spouse or whatever it may be, you know, old leaky car or leaky roof, whatever, you know. Yeah, it's my cross to bear in life. And that makes for a good devotion. That's not what Christ was speaking about here. He wasn't talking something that, about something that bugs you a little bit at work. Jesus didn't speak about those things. He also didn't speak in light of his own crucifixion on Calvary. 
See, his disciples didn't yet understand that Jesus was going to be crucified at this point. He, they, they didn't know that. I mean, even after he told them he would be killed, they failed to accept the reality until it actually happened. And so there's no mystical or devotional sense to what Jesus is saying here. When Jesus says, take up your cross, his disciples knew immediately what he was talking about. He was talking about dying, physically dying. I mean, those men who, with the exception of Judas Iscariot, were from Galilee. Think of this, when Jesus was about 10 years old, Judas of Galilee and his followers revolted against, revolted against the Romans and they lost. You can read about that in the, the War of the Jews and Josephus, if you're a history buff. And Rome, in order to make an example of those people that rebelled, an example that would never be forgotten, the Romans crucified over 2,000 Jews, and they placed them on crosses along the roads in Galilee. And usually these roads were very well-traveled roads. And so everywhere people went, they saw men dying on crosses alongside the roadside. And every Jew that was crucified carried the crossbeam for his own execution on his back as he marched his way to the cross. See, it was a lesson Jesus was teaching them. He was bringing that up as a way for them never to forget. And he wanted them to understand that those who follow him must be willing to die. You must be willing to die a torturous death rather than deny him. That's the context of what we're looking at. I mean, crucifixion is one of the, the worst possible excruciating death that's ever been invented. I mean, after you have the nails driven through your hands and your feet, death itself is caused, and many of you know this, by suffocation. You're holding yourself up, and when you get tired and you let yourself down, it closes in your lungs and you can't breathe, and you slowly suffocate to death. I mean, sometimes it takes days. That's why in Jesus' case, they wanted to go up and stab him, make sure he was dead, and do all that. The disciples understood Jesus meant that they were to be committed to the point of death. See, Jesus isn't the savior of those who aren't committed to him. Do you understand that? He's not the savior who, of those who are not committed to him. He requires a commitment. See, the, the modern day gospel is, well, Jesus loves everybody and it's kind of a universal love and God is love and just do good things and go to church and do whatever you want. But no, you have to be committed to the point of death. The love of the Lord must override the instinct for self-preservation. We don't like to hear that. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to die anytime soon. Not looking forward to dying. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to going to heaven, but I'm not looking forward to dying. And he calls us to a choice in verse 39. Look at what he says. He says, he who finds his life will what? Will lose it. Bad choice, right? Nobody wants to lose their life. Finding his life there refers to securing one's physical safety by denying Christ under pressure. See, you can go out in your workplace and you can be your little secret Christian thing if that's what you want to do. And that's going to be, quote, safe. And you think, okay, well, I'm going to climb the ladder of success and be somebody one day. And then once I arrive, then I'll share my... <laughs> he says, he that finds his life will lose it. And what he's talking about is yielding to pressure and preserving one's own life without standing up for Christ ultimately results in the loss of your own soul because a disciple, a true disciple of Christ would never do that. But the good choice, verse 39 there, it says, he who loses his life for my sake shall what? Shall find it. Now, Jesus wasn't saying here, okay, in order to get saved, you have to be a martyr. You know, he didn't kind of draw this out of Islam or whatever. That's not what we believe. Rather, if you're a genuine Christian, you will be willing to die for him. When faced with denying the Lord or denying yourself, you will deny yourself, even to the point of death. He who confesses Christ and suffers death is far better than the apostate who escapes death temporarily but receives eternal damnation. It's important to work that out in our mind now. I 
sometimes I wonder, boy, what if the day came? What if the day came when, you know what? I mean, there's the chopping block. Put your head down. Are you going to deny Christ? Are we going to lop your head off? Man, and they do your whole family in front of you as well. I mean, think about it. You know, you pray. You, you say, God, give me the grace. Give me the strength. Give me what it takes to get through that. And what's it do? It drives you right back to your dependence on him. Because I don't know about you, but I, I couldn't sit up here and say, oh, yeah, no problem. I'd do that. No problem. And I'd be trembling my boots. Do you know what? With Christ, he takes away that fear. He fills us with his strength. He fills us with his power. We remember his promises. And God would be gracious to us, just like he's been gracious to us through martyrs throughout the years. I mean, not all of us are going to face that choice. But when you are faced with that choice, you're basically proved true or false by whether they follow Christ or not. Fifthly, a disciple brings blessings to others. This is the last couple of verses here. A disciple brings blessing to others. First of all, he talks about those who, receive, who believe and receive the gospel. Those who believe and receive the gospel. Look at verse 40. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. And he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Even though we often bring a sword that divides when we preach and teach the gospel, we're also allowed to participate in the eternal salvation of God's people. When we preach the word, when we live godly lives, when we confess our Lord with our testimony, some will believe in Jesus Christ. We're a participant in people coming to Christ. Not that we save them. God uses us in that process. We have a limited ability to reward those who receive us and believe the gospel message. But the Lord has the unlimited ability, and he does that work for us. In verse 40, the Greek word there translated receive refers to a full acceptance of the gospel message and the messenger who brought it. By receiving the message and the messenger, really you're receiving the Lord Jesus Christ himself. John 14, 23, Jesus said this, if anyone loves me, he will obey what? My teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. See, when we preach the gospel, we participate in giving people the Trinity, the Father, the Son, make their home in every believer by the indwelling Holy Spirit. See, that's why you don't want to shortchange that. You don't want to say, well, that's the, the, the true gospel sounds a little harsh. I think I'll just change it. <laughs> make it a little more palatable. It loses its impact if you do that. So those who receive, believe the gospel there, and they also receive rewards because they receive God's people. In verse 41, that term prophet refers to the task of those who proclaim the gospel. The, the, the word righteous man refers to their character. Both terms kind of apply to the same person. It's just a different way of describing the same person. One deals with task, what they do. The other one deals with who they are. See, when we represent God in word and deed, and we're received by those who come and believe, they will receive the same reward we receive. Every disciple's not only promised future blessing, but it also means Blessing of those who receive their testimony. We're blessed by that as well. So they receive God's people, but they also help God's people. It says in verse 42, he says, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. I mean, stop for a second. When you think of prophets and you think of righteous men, I mean, generally in our mind, we think of some kind of super high class super saint that walks on water. But it's interesting that in the same text here, Jesus refers to his disciples as little ones. In other words, there's not much there in and of themselves. When they present the Lord Jesus and someone demonstrates his reception of the gospel by giving them a cup of cold water, the Lord will reward that 
helper. So those who receive the gospel are rewarded both when they believe the message and also when they help the messenger do his work. It's an illustration by William Barclay, and he recounts the story of a young man in a country village. He says, after a great struggle, this young man reached the ministry. His helper in his days of study had been the village cobbler. A cobbler was a man of wide reading and far thinking, and he had done much for the lad. In due time, the lad was licensed to preach. And on that day, the cobbler said to him, it was always my desire to be a minister of the gospel. But the circumstances of life made it impossible. But you are achieving what was closed to me. And I want you to promise me one thing. I want you to let me make and cobble your shoes for nothing. And I want you to wear them in the pulpit when you preach. And then I'll feel you are preaching the gospel I always wanted to preach standing in my shoes. Beyond a doubt, the cobbler was serving God as a, the preacher was and his reward one day would be the same. See, because a disciple represents who Jesus Christ is, when a person receives a disciple, he receives the Lord himself, and he'll be rewarded for such. I mean, when you stop and you think of the basics of discipleship, what we're called to is pretty incredible. We're called to follow the Lord of life by giving up our own life, if need be, at least our own desires to do what we want to do. It's not about us anymore. I think it was in, well, maybe I'm misquoting, but I think it was in Rick Warren's book where he said, it's not about you. That's very true. It's not about us, but we make it about us time and time and time again because that's our default nature. That's where we go. But Jesus wants us to know this morning that, you know what? Being one of his disciples and following the way he wants us to do, there's a cost attached to that. Our salvation is free, but following Christ is not. And he wants to know this morning, are you willing to step up to the plate and say, you know what? I've calculated that through your strength, through your power, through your protection, through your promises, I'm going to follow you no matter what. See, when you have that kind of an attitude in the world in which we live in, I mean, your faith becomes radical. And you begin to see needs that others don't see because you're willing to do whatever it takes for Christ. So if that means going out and preaching on the street corners or handing out tracts at Safeway or going down to Red Morton Park on a Saturday at a concert and handing out tracts or going down here at Redwood City Friday nights when they have everybody gathered there at the, uh, the, uh, the, the hall there, the courthouse thing, and everybody's singing and dancing and drinking and you're going around just sharing little tracts with people, hey, that's what it takes. That's the kind of radical faith that we're talking about. That's the kind of faith the disciples had. Think, they were going out on that kind of a mission as Jesus was teaching them. And he was saying, when you do that, people aren't going to receive you. Matter of fact, it's going to get pretty rough. But if you're my disciple, you're my disciple no matter what. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we pray that you would minister your grace in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, I thank you for each one here. And Lord, as we've looked at discipleship the past couple weeks, Father, I pray that we would examine our own hearts. We would come to understand what it means to be your disciple. It's not about coming to church. It's not about carrying a Bible and helping the homeless. or All those things are good things. But if we're missing a relationship with you, if we haven't done the fundamental thing, if we haven't committed our life to you, if we haven't come before you, a holy God, in desperate need of your forgiveness. Lord, there's not a person in this building who has not sinned in one way or another. I know that to be true because not that I know what's in their hearts, but your word says that all have sinned, all fallen short of God's glory. And as a result of that, we all need God's grace. And I pray this morning that if there's any here who have not committed their life to you, that they would definitely consider it, that they would cry out to you, that they would be willing to come to you with the burden of their sin and to confess you as their Lord and Savior and acknowledge the forgiveness that you offer them and commit to following you forever. And Father, I pray for the believers here this morning that you would give us a new boldness 
in our walk in a lost and dying world who desperately needs to hear the life-giving message of the gospel of Christ. Lord, help us not to be secret Christians or closet Christians. Help us to be willing to go out and shout it from the rooftops that Jesus saves because he saved me. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. Well, with that, we come to the end of our series, a wonderful series on discipleship, simply entitled The ABCs of Discipleship, What Every Believer Should Know About Following Christ. Now, this is based out of Matthew chapter 10, and as we close out our time together today, we would remind you that the entire series is available if you'll just call or write to us or drop us an email. We'll send it to you free of charge. Our desire here at Graceful Truth is to see that you're growing in Christ, growing in grace. It's our prayer that here at Graceful Truth, God would reveal his grace to your hearts through the teaching of his word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for praise and worship at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up through grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, the program, please give us a call here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Here's our phone number, 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. Again, that's gracefultruth.org. If you would like to visit us for worship, Sunday services, our directions and information can be found again at our website, gracefultruth.org, or you can call us at 650-366-9923. If you're writing to us, the address is 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California. The zip code is 94061. You can also use that address as well on your GPS if you'd like to join us for worship. Again, 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California, 94061. Well, as we remember those who have fallen this Memorial Day weekend, our teacher and pastor, Stephen Converse, returns once again for a final thought on what we are looking at this weekend and what we're remembering on Memorial Day weekend. Stephen? Thanks, Andy. I'd like to share just a few brief thoughts with our listening audience this weekend. I trust that this series on the ABCs of discipleship has been a blessing to your hearts as we've worked our way through Matthew chapter 10 these past few weeks. We have covered what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in the most basic terms. We have looked at how a disciple is a follower of Christ, treated like Christ, should be content to be like Christ. A disciple does not fear the world but rather confesses Christ before others, puts Christ before even his own family, follows Christ anywhere, and brings blessing to others. One principle we also find in Scripture when it comes to being a disciple of Christ is a very simple one stated for us in the Gospel of Luke chapter 14, and that is the willingness to die to self on a daily basis and live for Christ. The Scripture says that we should be willing to take up our cross daily. And that cross was known as an instrument of death. This is often a message that is forgotten in what I like to call our me-focused society today. Scripture speaks to these times and warns us that they would come. And I believe that they are here. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul writes, 
But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Beloved, that truly describes the day and age in which we live. We trust that this series has given you the encouragement, biblical principles, and scriptural support needed to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've been listening to our programs these past several weeks and would like to review the messages in your own personal time, I just want to let you know that you can go online to our website at gracefultruth.org and all the aired messages are online and available to stream or download at no charge to you. Once again, the website is www.gracefultruth.org. If there's some of you out there, and I know there are, that do not have internet access, well, there's hope. I just want you to feel free to write us here at Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue in Redwood City, California, 94061. Once again, the address is Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue, that's spelled E-U-C-L-I-D, Avenue, Redwood City, California, 94061. We would love to be able to send you out a copy of the messages on CD at no charge to you. If you could include a small donation to cover the shipping charges, that would be very much appreciated. You can also call us here at the Graceful Truth program, 650-366-9923. Once again, the number is 650-366-9923. And please leave your mailing information and phone number, contact information, and we'll be sure to mail you out this series for those of you who don't have internet access on the ABCs of discipleship. Well, in closing, Paul refers to his disciple Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He writes, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I would like to use that as a transition to just acknowledge and say thanks to our military servicemen and women this Memorial Day weekend. May I remind you, the Bible says to give up your life for another is the ultimate sacrifice. It's the ultimate sign of love. And this Memorial Day weekend is a wonderful time to remember the military personnel who have died for our country's freedom. And when you run across one of those military men or women serving actively in our military today, I pray that you would uh, just reach out to them and be sure to acknowledge their service to our country with a simple word of thanks. Or maybe even pick up their tab for a cup of coffee at the local coffee shop or even at the local restaurant, pick up their tab for them and their family to show your appreciation for their service to our country. Well, once again, I just want to thank you for listening to the Graceful Truth program each weekend. And it would be a wonderful encouragement to us here at Graceful Truth to hear from you about how this program has been a blessing to your hearts. I pray that you would contact us on the web, gracefultruth.org. All the information is up there. Or you can simply call us here at the Graceful Truth radio program, 650 
Once again, our address, if you'd like to write, to request the free ABCs of Discipleship series on CD, the address is Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City, California, 94061. Well, we here at Graceful Truth will be praying for you and your families that you will have a wonderful and safe Memorial Day weekend. Now, here's Andy to close out our program today. Thanks, Steve. And friend, again, thank you for joining us today. As I mentioned a moment ago, it is our hope and prayer that God would reveal his grace to your hearts through the teaching of his word and the preaching of his word each week here on Graceful Truth. I'll leave you with our address and phone number once again in case you'd like to contact us. That phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. 9923, or you can write to us at 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California. The zip code is 94061. As always, all that information can be found at our website as well as other resource materials. You can even download past sermons by Pastor Steve on your iPod there, gracefultruth.org. That's gracefultruth.org. As Stephen mentioned just a moment ago, it is our hope and prayer that these programs encourage you in Christ, and we'd love to hear from you if they are. That phone number again is 650-366-9923. If you get a moment, would you give us a call? It would mean a great deal to us. Again, thank you for spending time with us on this Memorial Day weekend edition of Graceful Truth. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week at the same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.